From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Conversations about what matters the most. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Okay, welcome to Hour 2 of State of the Nation. Uh, Very happy to be with you. Hour 1 was a barn burner, wasn't it? Hour 2 promises to be just as good. I am Steve Hook, broadcasting live from the Central Jersey Shore. There's my man, Brian Hesher-McLean. He's doing his thing in Central Texas. By the way, Hesh, I do want to pound on this Julian Assange thing again, man. This is important. As you know, last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20th and 21st. Well, that's coming right up at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he's going to be extradited to the United States and made to disappear. TNT will be at the Royal Courts of Justice broadcasting and covering the entire two events, uh, two days rather, if that's what it takes. Uh, Otherwise, TNT will be broadcasting from various locations throughout London as we light the fuse for freedom. On today's News Talk TNT, I wish we got the call to go there, man. I would love to go there, have some fish and chips, and light the fuse for freedom, Hesh. Yeah, me too. There is no bigger case when it comes to freedom of the press, and we're very concerned about it, especially considering all of the strange globalist and uh, multinational legislation that's going around about internets and free speech and misinformation and this sort of thing. Yeah, you really have to be almost really blind not to see that this is an attack on the West in general. We talk about this from the United States perspective because, well, we're in the United States. But all you need to do is look at Europe and see what's happened there. Uh, See what I remember we had a a week ago, we had Timothy Shea on the program talking about the French farmers uh, blowing a whole bunch of liquefied manure all over various government buildings. I saw one of those videos. So people are well, they're they're pissed off about it, and, and and rightly so. And by the way, you know what else people are angry about? Well, this impeachment vote that uh, went to the floor of the House yesterday and was shot down. This drives me nuts, uh, Hesher. I'll tell you, three votes, three votes uh, kept this man from being impeached. Now, here's the way it shook out. House Republicans were dealt a crushing defeat Tuesday when a months-long effort to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas over his handling of the southern border. The vote went down 214 to 216. Lawmakers voted on a resolution combining two articles of impeachment that accused Mayorkas of having, quote, refused to comply with federal immigration laws, unquote, and the other for having violated the public trust, quote, unquote. Uh, While the House voted mostly along party lines, with Democrats remaining united, No shocker there. Uh, Three Republicans voted against it, and another lawmaker switched his vote at the last minute. So it's not really, you can't really say he voted no. He switched his vote at the last minute in order for the resolution to be brought back to the floor so they could have another bite at the apple. But the three that voted against it outright Tom McClintock, Republican California, Ken Buck, no shocker, Republican Colorado, and Mike Gallagher, Republican from Wisconsin. They all voted against it. In Hesher, they all said the same thing. And that was, well, if you look at this, it just doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. He was merely following orders. In other words, the old Nuremberg defense. I was just following orders. That's all I was doing. But 
you know, Hash, the reason this drives me so absolutely nuts is we saw what happened to Trump. At some point, when you get into a street fight, you've got to realize that you're not going to sit there and play pugilist against a guy that's swinging a butterfly knife at you. And that's what Democrats have done with this. They've weaponized all aspects of government. And the Republicans continue to say, well, we're above all that. We're not going to get down in the, in the in the dirt with them. We've got to proceed in a collegiate fashion, and we've got to do this right. I mean, this is what is just infuriating Americans, Hesh. Yeah, yeah, I know. And it makes me want to know, well, how many of, of these Republicans voted for some of these initiatives that lead to what we talked about in the first hour, that lead to policies of sending over $1.65 billion to 248 non-governmental organizations and nonprofits uh, south of the border in, in all over the, from all over the world. Why is this happening? Why, what, you know, I'm, I was watching again, I'm going to shout out Michael Yan on Joe Hoff show. I'm watching him describe being in Panama and, and watching the operations of one of these NGOs. This one's called IOM. Uh, transporting children to the UK on the same flight that he was on uh, from El Salvador to Panama. Most people haven't even heard of IOM or or these other ones like uh, UNHDR or OIS. These these organizations are taking literally billions of dollars, giving it to foreign p- illegal aliens, and and funding their travel. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. So on the one hand, it's like. Why can't we just have this? Can we have no nice things? Can we just, you know, impeach this guy so we can feel a little bit better, maybe have some good news? But the real question is, why is this happening? Why are our dollars going in this direction? And and why are our House and Senate Republicans allowing this? Yeah, and not only that, but they also get they also get yeah, you saw, I don't know if you saw, we talked about the Biden speech that he gave yesterday, where he basically said, well, the reason our southern border is broken because of Trump and MAGA Republicans. That, of course, is garbage, because if this man was actually enforcing immigration law, he would tell every one of those NGOs, hey, look, if you facilitate the violation of federal immigration law, we're going to put your company out of business. We're going to break up your charity. You cannot violate immigration law. But what does the government do? They give them pathways to help. So it's all garbage. The media won't tell the truth on this. And a lot of people, especially in these blue cities that are getting inundated with crime cartels like the Venezuelans in New York, uh, they've had enough. So we'll see. But Mayorkas, an impeachment against that man, it may not have carried any official weight. It certainly would have died in the Senate. But it sends a message that the American people are pissed and want action. And these mealy-mouthed, jelly-spined Republicans fall back on the old Nuremberg defense. He was only following orders. We don't don't need to go after him. It doesn't rise to the level of impeachment. Well, explain the Donald Trump impeachments, one while he was in office, one when he got out, and then I'll buy that argument. But until then, whatever, it's frustrating. Hey, listen, are you enjoying listening to TNT? If you think we're doing a good job, we would love to hear from you. Why not leave us a like or a positive review maybe a comment on Facebook, Gab, or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk TNT. Connecting the dots, painting the bigger picture. They always have great conversations. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. 
Okay. Um, well, we're very happy, as always, to welcome our friend Ed Motowski uh, to the program. Ed, of course, founded Chapwood Investments uh, in 2005. He worked with Morgan Stanley and company, uh, and he's a uh, he's the author of the book Never Go Broke. Uh, he's all, he is an economic whiz kid. He's our uh, he's our uh, eco- economist on retainer, if you will. Ed Motowski, hello, sir. It's good to see you. Welcome back to State of the Nation. How are you today? Well, great. Thanks for having me. When do I get that retainer check? <laughs> well, <laughs> working on. I, I, I just I just pissed off a whole bunch of people at TNT Legal, I'm sure. But <laughs> uh, anyway, Ed, listen, uh, welcome to the show. I just wanted to say that uh, we were talking about this the other day. Uh, we have been told over and over again. Uh, the the administration is breathless reporting this, and of course, the the media picks right up on that hint. That inflation is dead. It's over. We've killed it. It took us a long time. We had to spend trillions, but by God, we got it under control. And then all of a sudden, people started saying, well, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. And then we got the caveat. It has a long tail. It has a very long tail. Okay. I've seen my 401k. I've watched my investment accounts. They're doing pretty well, quite frankly. But it's still people sitting around the kitchen table. They're not feeling it. What is going on with the economy, Ed? People seem to be very nervous. Credit card debts through the roof. What's that? Sure. Yeah, well, you have uh, credit card debts are 50% higher uh, than they were a year ago. So, you know, keep that in mind. That, that That's a startling figure that you have 50% higher delinquencies than you did a year ago. That's the correct way of saying it. And in terms of inflation, you have to remember inflation is the rate of change that happens. So you have a rate of change that has occurred. That doesn't mean prices have come down. That just means the rate of change has slowed. So prices will go up. Let's say something was a dollar, it went up to a dollar fifty. If inflation goes down, it doesn't mean that the price went down. That just means the rate of change has slowed. So you do not think for a moment you're going to see prices coming down on anything because if people have been buying those items, they're going to continue to buy those items at a higher price. So, and, but then again, when Biden said, you know, corporate greed, I don't, I don't really know what he meant by that. I don't think he knows what he meant uh, by it either when he said that recently. Yeah, it kind of feels like a bumper sticker statement, doesn't it? You know, um, Ed, I'm curious, I I would like to get your take, you know, through your lens on this border bill that's all the rage right now. Uh, One of the things people are most upset about is the shoehorning in of uh, more money for Ukraine border, money going to Israel, things that, you know, may or may, you know, everybody's basically saying this should be looked at separately and it's only like if i remember it's only like 20 million dollars i think going to protect our border and something or billion or i don't remember billions or millions probably billions at this point um and and like three times that or twice that for ukraine's border not even you know setting aside some of the other things they've slipped in there i mean what what's your take on this yeah and and if you think about it we're doing this without having that money you know, it would be nice if we had extra money where we could spend it and decide where it's going to go. But we're actually digging into our own coffers and creating this money by printing more dollars. And when you print more dollars, the the value of the dollars you already have become worth less. So we're now creating a negative on the money that people currently have to send money out to Ukraine 
and 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 you know triple the amount of money we're using for our border which is just you know preposterous yeah it is preposterous and you know listen and i i have i am nowhere near the financial uh economic genius that you are but i do know that uh profligate spending uh, <laughs> you know dollars chasing dollars creates inflation so while they sit there and say well the uh the inflation is down. We've slayed the inflation dragon. And by the way, we need 60 billion more for Ukraine, thus re, re uh, blowing that bubble right back up, I assume. And nobody in the media is reporting it as such. This bill, thankfully, died on the floor of the House. I've never even made it to the House, died on the floor of the Senate. And now some senators in the Republican Party are openly calling uh, for Mitch McConnell to step down, Ted Cruz, chief among them, he was asked a very pointed question yesterday. Do you think it's time for Leader McDonald to step down? And he didn't hesitate. He said, yes, at this point, yes, he has to go. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but that was the gist of it. What do you make of it? Uh, yeah. Is this chasm within the GOP going to be, uh, is is this going to break it all up? Or what, what, what do you think? Well, one way or the other, McConnell's going to step down. He's got a little bit of Bidenism in him right now, where he's not, you know, making himself very clear. He's not as, uh, uh, you know, cognitive as he used to be. Uh, regardless of his politics, I think he's going to be having to step away. I mean, we all get older, and sadly, these men, you know, Biden and McConnell, both have cognitive, you know, problems. Uh, so it is definitely time to to kind of have a reboot on all of these positions. Um, you know, Nancy Pelosi obviously, you know, got got booted out when they lost the, um, you know, lost the majority. But I don't know if she would have been reelected or not had she not uh, been there. But but you know, you brought up the point about the press, and you know, I've been around. Uh, Washington enough and 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 also Wall Street to see that most people just take the headlines of a press release and they regurgitate the same headline. So, you know, on my phone, I'll get about five or six different pop-ups, you know, when a news story breaks and they're all the same story. There's nothing originally written about them. They're just the same headline, same quotes. There's no real journalism being done, you know, except for you guys at TNT, you know, who dig into things and really try to, you know, makes sense from the headlines as to what it means to your bottom line and that's that's something very very helpful that you guys do but most people in the press don't do that they don't dig in deep they just take things on the surface hope that the press release is right and they they're protected because they read it right from a press release versus having to put their own spin on it and they're just <laughs> protecting themselves yeah well that's why we're here you know this these narratives that they run are they're, they're war propaganda. I don't know how else to say it, but it really feels like a lot of the narratives that they try to foist on us in that exact manner that you've described are, are literally pushing us into, you know, uh, deadly situations, be it, you know, pick a topic, you know, our healthcare, our reaction to new and, you know, quote unquote, novel diseases, this kind of thing. Um, and then, of course, all the social engineering that pits us against each other and then the power politics. It's absolutely crazy. Um, we're, I'll, we're all, I'll, I'll, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you this, Brian. Like, if you if you take what Biden said the other day that it's Trump's fault about the border, and then everyone in the press just completely repeated it, didn't dive into 
hey, this guy's out of his mind. You know, why is he saying this? This isn't true whatsoever. They just continue to repeat it. If you watch on NBC or CBS, they'll just take that headline and go with it. And they're going to be out to 14, 15 million people and brainwashing them with wrong information. And they, you know, so the news didn't do their job at all. Those reporters didn't do anything worthwhile. Yeah, right. Like crimes of omission, basically. <laughs> Propaganda yeah, they're like, they're, like stenog- they're like stenographers for the Democrat Party and the administration. It's pathetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Ed, we're just about out of time, but I- I'd love to get, uh, if you could do it in a minute or so, your comment on um, all this money going overseas to support migration. There's a new article out describing this. It's uh, over 248 NGOs. I mean, it's, it's pretty uh, amazing. What do-, what do you think about that one? Well, just look at our country. I mean, you know, the the country, they want more infrastructure put in place. Well, where is that money going to come from? And, and, you know, somewhere else. Um, And, you know, I'm sorry, my phone's ringing there. But, um, you know, you you want things in this country. And then you have to really understand why is it that we're giving money to the Palestinians still? Why are we giving money to Egypt? Why are we giving money to, you know, Iran, obviously, you know, and and when you stop and really think about it and then think about everything that we want to spend money on here and we can't, and, you know, it's just, it's just a disaster. And we really need a true economist to get into Washington to figure out exactly what, um, what, what the uh, needs are for, I'm sorry, guys, about my phone there. Uh, That's all right. That's all right, Ed. No, we agree with you completely. And uh, we want to encourage you to pick up a copy of Never Go Broke. Get Ed's book, and uh, you can find that at Amazon and Good Booksellers. Ed, uh, we'll look forward to having you back on again real soon. Always appreciate having you here with us. Uh, Your points are well taken today, and we'll look forward to your next appearance. Thank you very much, guys. All right, this is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT. TNT's Patrick Henningsen. Hamza Dahoud was the eldest son of the Gaza Bureau for Al Jazeera, while Dahoud, who previously lost other family members in Israeli bombing raid. And we would say that this is probably, in terms of conflicts, uh, this many journalists have been lost, uh, killed, injured in the whole of the Second World War, and that lasted uh, a number of years. And only in the last three months are we scraping 100 on the uh, journalist uh, fatality list, which is coming fast and furious out of Gaza. Patrick Henningsen on today's News Talk TNT. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost, and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. 
There are opportunity zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Now, when it comes to Republicans using Democrat tactics, I often cringe at the thought, as Democrat tactics are quite often based in Marxism and Salinsky rules for radical modeled protocols. But one thing is for sure, if the voting system even still works, uh, we're no longer able to vote our conscience as American voters and pepper in R's and D's as you know, we would like to see fit, you know, that's the kind of, because the polarization is just too much at this point. Um, even pulling the lever for R all the way down can be a dangerous proposition uh, to many people's estimation right now because uh, many conservative voters are aware of the threat of establishment rhino politicians, clearly something that's having a bit of a chilling effect on non-progressive voters. So where does that leave us? We need to be savvy. We need to be nuanced. We need to be well-versed. We need to understand context and voting records. I mean, uh, it's, it's, uh, and, and certainly no one should be pulling any levers that strike the D punch hole at all at this point. And, you know, this does make things a bit murky for us and the behavior of the RNC and big time donor receivers from the GOP, like Nikki Haley, isn't helping to bring much clarity. Like why is she still in campaign mode? She can't even win her own state. She's taking money from mega DNC donors like LinkedIn's Reed Hoffman doing CNN junkets. It's just a little much for everybody. So uh, joining us now to discuss is the founder of the Political Playbook on Substack, which I've just found and recommend that you follow, and uh, the president of API Consulting. He's an expert in these things. He's got nearly two decades of hands-on experience and in the realm of political campaigning. He's worked closely with candidates across local, state, and federal levels. Uh, Mr. Andrew Lepasser, Thank you for joining us at State of the Nation. I'll start with this. Why is Nikki Haley still in the race? And is it intentionally furthering the schism between the GOP and the America First sort of worldviews? Yeah, well, Brian and Steve, thanks so much for having me on today. And, you know, to comment on that, from a strategic perspective, right, Nikki Haley is, it's kind of like the end of a football game. She needs to throw a few Hail Marys and she is trying to ask Trump to debate her and she's trying to stay in the game. But the reason is we don't know, right? Like you just said, she's down double digits in South Carolina. Um, she lost in Iowa and then said she somehow won. She lost in New Hampshire. And I'm sure you guys saw the videos. We had a lot of people coming out saying, hey, I'm a Democrat I'm supporting Nikki Haley now so I can vote against Donald Trump, but not going to vote for her in the general. And she just lost in Nevada last night to literally none of these candidates on the ballot. And I think it, you know, I see what she wants to do, but I think it's time for her to hang it up. Donald Trump's going to be the next nominee for the Republican Party. And it's really time to unite behind him and start fighting our con common en enemy, which is Joe Biden at this point. Yeah. Andrew, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Nevada uh, primary. I, that's that's a very funny a funny outcome. Let me just underscore what happened there. Trump was not on the ballot because he chose uh, to uh, take take part in the Nevada caucus as opposed to the primary. So during the election for the primary, uh, you had a choice. Republicans had a choice. Either vote for Nikki Haley or none of the above. 
none of the above beat her. I mean, that's pretty bad in a state primary. She can't even beat none of the above. And it does look suspicious. Why is she still in it? If we know there's a chasm, and there is, between House Republicans and, and Senate Republicans, and we know there's a chasm within the, the, the hierarchy of the GOP, then why wouldn't Nikki Haley take this opportunity to say, I am going to provide the salve here. I'm going to say, time to mend fences. Let's rally behind our nominee and let's knock these Marxists out of out of office uh, and, and start getting this country back. It does make one scratch their head and go, what is her real game plan? I don't understand it. Um, do you have any, any ideas? Yes. Yes, yeah, Steve. So from what I've heard, especially from, you know, the political consultants like myself is one of her um, one of her avenues she's hoping is that Trump gets kicked off the ballot and that she can say, hey, I stayed in. I've got the most votes, so I'm going to be the nominee. Now, I understand that. But at the same time, if Trump gets kicked off this ballot, I mean, there's going to be major problems throughout the country um, to take this political witch hunt that's going on right now and to kick him off the ballot and if Nikki Nikki Haley's not bringing anybody together we saw that last night in uh Nevada it's a closed primary over 60 percent of Republicans voted for Donald you know none of the above they voted for Donald Trump and if Nikki Haley's our choice in November we've got we're gonna have serious issues across the country and we're definitely not beating Joe Biden (laughs) yeah that could be uh an absolute you know what show I tell you what, uh, we've got a headline inbound from the network here. We're going to ask you to stand by while we do this headline. And when we come back, uh, let's let's dig into that a little bit deeper. Can like maybe the question at hand or at least the question that's being begged here is, is someone in Nikki Haley's ear saying, hang in there. We have a plan, you know, like I'm curious to get your thoughts on the efficacy of this plan to use lawfare against Trump and to try to strike him from the ballots. I want to know your thoughts on that on the other side of a brief headline here at State of the Nation with today's news talk, TNT. TNT Radio News. Huge news. news, news, news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. A coalition of Senate Republicans led by Senator Ted Cruz and including six other senators publicly voiced their dissatisfaction with Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's leadership specifically over the handling of a bipartisan border bill, and called for his resignation. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre dismissed as ridiculous the allegations that President Joe Biden's administration attempted to prevent Tucker Carlson from interviewing Russian President Vladimir Putin. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. So, Andrew, I know this isn't something we can definitively answer, but what do you think about that? Is there a chance that uh, there's deep state voices worm tonguing in uh, in Nikki Haley's ears saying, hang in there, this guy's going to get stricken from the ballot? Is that really the plan? Because it seems a little outrageous with all the lawfare. I mean, 
You know, Brian, I'm not sure anything is outrageous these days, especially after what we've seen um, yeah. when Trump was president and pushing the whole Trump Russia narrative for four years of his entire presidency. You know, I don't have any inside knowledge to that, but I'm sure it's definitely something she's thinking about. You know, I, I live inside the Beltway. I'm in up here in the swamp. I live right outside of Washington, D.C. And, you know, the never Trump movement amongst so-called Republicans is very real. So I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt there's somebody in her ear saying, hey, this guy's going to be off the ballot. You will be the nominee. So just keep going. It doesn't matter that you're about to get embarrassed in South Carolina by double digits, the state that you were governor. Um, you know, don't worry about that. So I can definitely see something like that going on again. Nothing. I don't have any inside knowledge, but, you know, I do know from, you know, the rhinos up here that they do. They don't want Trump on the ballot, just plain and simple. Yeah, well, you know, Andrew, it, it, I, I just it, it, forgive me for pointing out the obvious, but let's just say let's just carry that out to its logical end. Trump gets booted from the ballot. I don't think it's going to happen, but let's just say it does happen. And all of a sudden, lawfare pulls Nikki's ass out of the fire. And all of a sudden, she's the nominee. How many Trump supporters do you suspect are going to vote for her? I would say less than 40%. So she keeps saying, I can win with the independents. I can win with the moderates. Yeah, but you can't win with the Trump supporters, and the Trump supporters outnumber both the independents and the moderates combined. So it's a moot point. Get the hell out of the race. I don't understand. Uh, I mean, I'm sure some Lincoln Project types are whispering in her ear. God knows there's probably lots of money flowing into her coffers, and she just feels she has to spend it. But it seems abundantly clear that it's a losing effort, no matter even if she were to get the nominee, which uh, nomination, which is not going to happen. But... I can't make sense of it. Yes, yeah, Steve. I mean, also, let's talk about she can't even make that argument. Trump can. In 2016, he was flipping precincts that had previously voted for Obama in record numbers. And if you look at the share he got of the African-American vote, the Hispanic vote, it was higher than any other Republican has ever gotten, especially the Hispanic vote. You know, we we heard that when he came down the elevator, he was going to make all the Hispanics mad. I mean, he, we ended up making leaps and bounds, like strides in that uh, in that in that voting demographic with him running for president. Yeah, yeah, we absolutely did, and we've seen we've seen that demographic continue to explode. Uh, I'm in Texas, where uh, Myra Flores won in a landslide special election and is now running again, running a great campaign, and you know people are rallying around her. So, and this is happening across the nation. Um, so. Okay, getting back to um, the the election coming up, like, what are your thoughts? I kind of alluded to it in the lead in there when we, when I was bringing you on, but what are your thoughts about this idea of you know kind of voting your values and and not just going R all the way down the ticket? How how does an America First voter navigate um, you know pulling the right uh, you know doing their research and 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 pulling their votes for for the right people if they're looking for America first candidates and and not trying to go RD RRRD. You know, I always tell people your vote is not you don't owe your vote to anybody, right? Um, a candidate has to earn your vote for office. Now, I say that as someone I'm the eighth congressional district chairman here in Virginia. I'm very active in the Republican Party. I sit in the state leadership, but it's not up. You don't owe your vote to anyone. And if you have a candidate that is not aligned with your principles, you don't have to vote for them. And 
I like that's why I like guys like Trump who, you know, they give you a reason to vote for them, not I just have an R next to my name, but I have principles I stand for. And I think that's very important when you're determining who you're going to support um, for a candidate. Now, obviously, any in my mind, most Republicans are better than any Democrat out there. Um, and they let's you know, let's talk about illegal immigration, too. They're going to make 2024 extremely hard to win. We have seen illegal immigrants come across the border and they're being bused to every single congressional district across the country. And the Heritage Foundation put out a report. 71% of these individuals who have gone to different uh, congressional districts, 71% of these people have gone to um, Republican congressional districts. So, you know, that's something they don't want to talk about because that they're trying to affect the outcome of these elections. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing, I'm glad you brought that up, Andrew, because this is the pushback that I get from people. And this is this is part of the problem in this country. A lot of people are kind of ignorant or naive as to how this works. They'll say, I always get the argument. Well, Steve, it's not like they can vote. I'm like, you don't get it, do you? You flood a red district with illegals. It doesn't matter if they can vote. They are now counted in the census. So guess what? You get new spinoff districts. You get, you know, you, you're opening it up to gerrymandering, gerrymandering not only new districts, but crushing and wiping out old districts because of this massive influx of illegals. I don't, I don't think a lot of people are, are, are tuned into that, are they? No, they're not. And they also don't realize, like here in Virginia, a few years ago, under Democrat control, there was a piece of legislation that passed. That, and I, I worked in the Virginia General Assembly for seven years, and there was a piece of legislation that passed that allows you know illegal immigrants to get driver's licenses. And once you do that, it makes it a lot easier to be able to register to vote. And you know they'll say, well, they still can't register to vote, but we know that's the gateway to getting those people into the the voting system. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And and we've seen stories uh, this year and late last year. Um, I don't remember which state it was in, but I think multiple states and legislators talking about perhaps opening up um, uh, law enforcement jobs to illegal aliens. We've seen rumors that the ATF is putting a hold on um, illegal aliens not being allowed to buy firearms, you know, and, and these are still sort of rumors and things that are floating around the internet, but they're floating around at pretty high decibels and, uh, it fits right into, you know, just the sort of this weapons of mass migration being used to change demographics like you guys are talking about and, and frankly, bring, um, bring up crime rates and down quality of life. I mean, what, what, what about that? Yeah, I mean, the crime rates, I mean, we. I think everybody has seen the story coming out of New York where um, the legal immigrants beat up the cop and they let them go, you know, 10 minutes later, it seems like, and they fled to California. And stuff like that's happening all over the place. And, you know, it's, I would say you've got people like me who we live in, you know, I live in the Northern Virginia suburbs and immigration, I would say even four years ago, wasn't a huge issue for me. But we're seeing it affect every single state and every single community where, you know, I would say immigration is at the top of my list. And also with clients, I have the top of the list of things they're talking about because Joe Biden has made every state a border state. Yeah. And you know what, Andrew, to that very point, we saw that and we've talked about it on this program that the number one concern of Iowa voters in the Iowa caucus on exit poll interviews was immigration. 
Same story is true for New Hampshire. You're saying it's happening in Virginia as well. I'm in New Jersey. I can tell you that's what everybody's talking about here. And the Democrats are like, screw that, full steam ahead. We are just going to flood the zone and, uh, you know, to hell with the consequences. That's what we're going to do. It really is is maddening. Uh, Andrew, uh, go ahead and wrap us up. Tell us where we can find you because we got about about a minute left, not even. Yeah, well, hey, Brian, Steve, thanks so much again for uh, having me on again. My, my Substack, The Political Playbook, but if you just Google Andrew Laposser, and that's L-O-P-O-S-S-E-R, you can find all my stuff. I run my own political consulting firm here out of Northern Virginia. And again, we'd love to connect with you, but The Political Playbook, that's where I post a lot of my thoughts and um, we'd love to you know talk to you guys more. And th- again, thanks so much for having me on. Oh, absolutely. it was a real pleasure. It was a real yeah, pleasure absolutely. to have you on. Yeah, I enjoyed All your right. Substack uh, article. Leaf blowers are racist, by the way. I'll give that one a shout out. Maybe we get some new subscribers over there at that Substack. Thank you so much for joining us here on State of the Nation at today's News Talk TNT. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malsberg. By now, you probably heard all about the two police officers in New York City's Times Square that were beaten by a gang of illegal thugs. Four of them were arrested and released on bail, and they're now headed to California, and they're probably there by the border of Mexico already. But there's more to this, stuff we haven't heard yet until now. There is this one percenter, you know, criminal element that looks at a different opportunity here. These individuals, I went over their rap sheets yesterday, multiple charges, grand larceny, robbery, attempted robbery, grand larceny, grand larceny. Uh, This particular crew operated on mopeds and scooters. They were doing organized retail theft. They were doing snatches on the street, iPhones, iPads, clothing, so on and so forth. Uh, One of them that they are still seeking has 10 charges on one day because he's part of a pattern that's been going on. That's CNN's John Miller. He's a former NYPD deputy commissioner, and he wasn't finished. I'm looking at the dates that their arrest started, which is probably close to when they got here. They've only been here a couple of months. So what the detectives are telling me is they have crews here that operate in New York, do all their stealing, then go to Florida to spend the money and then come back. And I'm like, well, why don't they just stay and steal in Florida? And they said, because there you go to jail. Oh. Great reporting. Keep us posted on this. The silence of the CNN anchors says it all. Thanks for giving me a minute. I'm Steve Ballsberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern time, right here on TNT. pre-diabetes, and it captures one in three adults. You may not even know you have it, but you can escape. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test to know where you stand. With early diagnosis, you can change the outcome and prevent or delay type 2 diabetes. Be your own hero on smartphones everywhere at doihaveprediabetes.org. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. 
Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation. Well, as we spoke in the last uh, segment, we were talking about how uh, black Americans and minority Americans of all uh, uh, colors and ethnicities are starting to wake up. It looks like they're starting to question some of these progressive leaders and the policies that have done more harm than good in many, many cases. We've discussed New York City. We could go right on down the list with L.A. and San Fran, Chicago, uh, wherever. Americans grappling with these issues, widespread crime, a crisis on the southern border, racist DEI uh, policies, confusion on enders, uh, on, on gender and sexuality and all of this. And so even ambassadors with Project 21 Black Leadership Network recognize the achievements of black Americans during Black History Month. And that's what we're in right now. But they're not looking backwards. They're filled with optimistic as uh, optimism as they look towards the future. And we're so happy to welcome, first time on the program, Project 21 Director of Membership Development, Donna Jackson. Donna, hello. Welcome to State of the Nation. It's wonderful to see you. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, we were talking in our last segment with our with our prior guest about what's happening uh, in the uh, in the inner city and in the urban communities regarding politics. People are starting to wake up. They're seeing neighborhoods riddled with crime, even more than they've ever seen it before. No cash bail policies, stuff that are really having a a, a proportional effect on these very communities that the left, you know, acts as if they give a rip about. Well, that's not playing out. So what are you seeing? You're, we heard Charlemagne the God uh, get on there and basically say, nope, I'm not going to vote for Biden. Uh, we've seen several other uh, black celebrities and, and influencers come out and question the Democrat Party. What are you seeing with Project 21? Oh, my gosh. Uh, you know, a lot of my members live in some of these larger cities that are plagued by escalating crime, by failing schools, um, and by illegal immigration. That is problem. That is a huge issue in minority communities because the Democrats said that illegal immigration is great for the country. They, what they didn't tell Black Americans is that all of these illegal immigrants are going to be placed in your community. Now, I was just talking to one of my members today. He said, the real plot of putting illegal immigrants in minority communities is so that they can make sure that African-American youth go to prison because what they're doing is pausing them in schools, they're closing down schools, high schools at a record number. They're actually closing down community centers and they're using these places to house illegal immigrants so that you have young people that have nothing to do. So they're not getting educated in school. When you have a school system and it's not an unattended consequence, when you have Chicago school system, Baltimore school system, you have Miami, you have uh, Milwaukee, you have all of these urban school systems where either 0%, get this, 0% of the high school graduates can actually read at an efficient level. Not only read, but they can write, 
They can't do math. They can't do science, any of these things. So what are you doing? You're shutting down the school systems to make sure that the kids are illiterate. And then you're making sure that they don't have outside activities so that they can be preoccupied with something else. So what do you have all of these people that are turning to crime because they're nothing else? And what happens when you have youth that are uh, have nothing to do? They end up committing crimes. And so this is this is an intended consequence. They, the, the Democrats and the liberal left, like what I call government-sanctioned terror. Because long as you have government-sanctioned terror, then you have people always crying out to the government for help. A lot of uh, Black Americans are seeing that this is what they always planned from the beginning. Everything that the liberals say is always, wait, we're working on it. You know, they've been promising Black people tomorrow, tomorrow. You know how long tomorrow has lasted when they said they were going to bring solutions to Black communities? 60 years. Yeah. 60 years. Liberal cities have been run by Democrats. And instead of those areas getting better, it's been doing nothing but getting worse. And so you have a staggering dropout rate. I mean, to the point that they don't even hide it anymore. They're not even uh, offering high school education. They're just blatantly closing the school because they don't even plan on the kids even making it to that level. I mean, Jeez. when you're in an urban city of millions of, uh, of residents and you have one or two at best high schools, they never planned on you actually making it there. And that's because that was their intention. I'll tell yeah. you one thing, and I'm sorry, I'm talking a long time. Oh, that's I okay. always say there's two ways to build the government, war and the poor. And let me tell you something, the poverty industrial complex is just as wealthy or probably more lucrative than the military industrial complex. The more poor people you produce, the more money you can have allocated to federal government agencies, resources, and these non-NGOs that make a buck off of them. When, if you go and do an analysis of all the money they allocate to poverty, only less than, less than 30%, and I'm, I'm thinking that's high, it's probably less than that, uh, less than 30% of the resources they allocate for poor communities actually reach that community. 70 to 80% is actually going to administrators, NGOs, all of that. And so what they want to make sure they to do is keep a pipeline going to prison systems, keep a pipeline going to where they destroy black families, so they vilified black men and made them the enemies of the community so that people never become financially responsible. You have households that are always financially unstable. And when you have financially unstable households, you have more government dependency. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you used the term government sanctioned terror. 
and brought up that whole give us time to bring solutions and bring us money also bring us time bring us money and we'll provide the solution it's a trope it's a bumper sticker it's a psychological operation because these problems they're talking about these solutions they're talking about to problems are problems they themselves created on purpose like bringing in the crime bill in the 90s like bringing in three strikes you're out like taking people's rights away in th in in the three strikes program ruining families you know pushing for mass abortion and all this and they say give us time give us more money we'll fix it what are you talking about you're the one that caused these problems you experimented on our african-american populations here with these problems and now you're you're widening the scope to the rest of the country i mean what do you think about that i say that all the time when i when i go and talk about poverty to the individuals you know what i tell them you might think about you might think i'm talking about black communities i'm not i'm telling you the experiment that worked and now they're going to use it in on the entire population. The whole thing is to make sure that people don't have control of their homes, their lives. So, you know, every time the Biden administration or the left talks about minor marginalized communities, they say it in such, you know, we're having compassion. And they talk about, you know, we're going to give these government subsidies. What they don't tell you is that there's contingency uh, uh, attached to those uh, subsidies. If you take a government subsidy, say like uh, a welfare for dependent kids or uh, housing vouchers, they come with what I call ceilings. So what they tell you is, we'll help you in the short run as long as you never help yourself in the long run. What do I mean? They have asset limits. Now, this is probably something you guys can't phantom. You're a household with a single mother, and they tell you, as long as we give you these benefits, you cannot accumulate more than $3,000 worth of total assets. Now, I don't mean you can have a total asset worth that. So I can have a $3,000 car, maybe a house, maybe some fine. No, that's total assets, cash on hand, bank accounts, insurance policies, 401ks, uh, jewelry, uh, it, uh, bank accounts. You cannot have more than $3,000 in assets. So if I give you, for example, they have what they call, you know, earned income credit, and they love talking about this. Oh, it helps so many families. Well, you know, some people get $10,000 back. Some people get $15,000 back. That is absolutely true. What they don't tell you is that you're required to spend every penny of that $10,000 to remain eligible the next year. You cannot invest it. You can't save it. You can't invest it. You cannot give it to and help out a family member. You can't save for a rainy day. So what you have is individuals, and come on, be realistic, especially in the DMV area where rents are high. You cannot save for an emergency if your car if you happen to be lucky enough to have one breaks down, you will not have the money in your bank account. Why? Because the government said you cannot have wow. 
assets in your possession. If you inherit a life insurance uh, proceeds from a family member, you are automatically cut out. You are required to use all those benefits till you get down to zero to help you. Jesus. You cannot have. So what you have is a government system that penalizes a group of individuals that we use a reward wealthier individuals for doing, for being responsible, for saving for a rainy day, for making sure that they have enough savings. So if some an emergency happens, then you can, you know, uh, 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 be mindful of that. I mean, if your daughter, if your child happens to get sick and there's a medication that's not covered and that medication happens to be pricey, guess what? You're in a crisis. So you have people who are living from crisis to crisis. And this is what the liberal policies offer African-Americans. But that wasn't good enough. Because one thing that happened during the last administration was that you had a president that says, promises made, promises kept. And he didn't do it in 60 years later. He did it within the amount of time when he was in office because we had what you call a blue collar boom. That means the people that were blue collar working class people, their incomes and their financial positions were improving at a faster rate than those even at the top. Wow. So well, all of a sudden you have minority communities who historically fit in that that uh, bracket questioning, wait a minute, what have been told all of these years? So they had to take make a stop to that because yeah, I, all I, of a sudden you have people that might leave. And so that's when they started introducing the, the, the organized crime. Sure. I tell you what, Donna, it's it it's just hearing you say this is just heart wrenching because I know it's true. Uh, it's been going on for a long time. You can go all the way back to the Great Society with LBJ. He set a lot of this crap up. And white liberals who feel so self-righteous about stuff basically force this saying, we're helping. Well, what you're doing is you're paying people to remain poor. And for you to and the way you put it when you said uh, promises made, promises kept concerning Trump. They've been promising for 60 years. It's reminiscent of a bar that puts on their sign on the outside, free beer tomorrow. Well, it's never, ever coming, but that sign will be there forever. Free beer tomorrow. Well, what about the beer that's about? No, no, no. It says free beer tomorrow, not today. Come back and see us tomorrow. I mean, it's just really insane. Let me ask you, we've seen some of these. I mentioned Charlemagne the God, and I mentioned some other uh, African-American influencers and celebrity types. Snoop Dogg, for all, uh, of all people, came out and said he's looking at Trump again. So we're seeing this with black males. Are we seeing it with black females? Well, you know, you know the set. I'm going to tell you. We got about set. a minute, not even. Uh, no, uh, black males are the ones that are being vilified by the left. And so those are the people that have a, that actually see uh, a different 
conservative administration as being helpful for them. Because yeah. remember, you cannot have this terror if you have a male in the house that's going to protect his family. There male you go. Okay, well, Donna, we, we've, we're about to get cut off by the computer. But Donna Jackson, thank you so much. Find out more at Project 21. We hope to have you back. It was a wonderful talk. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll do <laughs> it, it again. Great. Okay. All right, there you go. That's going to do it for State of the Nation today. Stick around. Misty Winston Show is coming up next. We will see you again tomorrow on State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT.